let's face it, Brit happens. Success is rarely a straight line. It's a journey with many twists, turns, potholes, and unwelcome detours. The secret, however, lies in how we react. Keep listening to learn how to effectively respond to life's curveballs, improve your resilience, and how winners pivot from setbacks to success. I'm your host, Brittany Sharpton. Let's get started. I'm super excited to welcome you to Brit Happens. Andre is the City of Atlanta Councilman, formerly member at large District 5. Or explain what's the I see different titles from your Instagram to the website. Yeah, so it's Post 3 at Large. So that's the citywide seat. Um, Atlanta City Council Post 3 at Large. I'm still that until uh, the end of December 31st uh, when I hopefully become mayor of Atlanta. (laughs) Yes, so Andre is, as we said, city councilman, father, technologist, wonderless, and a mayoral candidate. So it's been super busy and exciting for him. And I was telling him just a few minutes ago, congratulations that Jerry Hawks beat the Knicks. I think yeah. what, now since it's 4-1, they're out, right? Yeah, the Knicks are out. I don't know where the Knicks are. They're not with us anymore. Um, they got to see us next year. <laughs> so the Hawks are moving on. The Hawks are going to see Philadelphia. and We're going to beat them down too. And then, uh, you know, we're just going to keep on going. Okay, okay. I went to Penn and Philly, so we'll see, even though I do love Atlanta. You're a native of Atlanta, so like, diehard. Yep, native of Atlanta, and I'm a diehard. Love Atlanta. I've traveled all over the world, and I live uh, on the West Coast. I lived in LA for a while. I lived in Houston for a while, and Indiana, this uh, small town called Evansville. I lived there for a year as well. So I've lived a few other places, but had to come back home, call Atlanta home forever from there. Okay. Came back, went to school on the West Coast or? Okay. No, I went to school in Atlanta. Uh, so I, I was born and raised in Atlanta and uh, went to college at Georgia Tech for chemical engineering. Uh, graduated and that's when I started kind of moving uh, further west, uh, Houston, Indiana, California. Uh, okay. But then came back to Atlanta once I started getting back into owning my own business and, um, of course, ran for office. Right. So what was the catalyst that prompted you to run for public office initially? Yeah, so um, when I was 16 years old, I remember telling uh, a friend of mine, uh, his parents, I was saying I wanted to be mayor of Atlanta. This is when I was 16. Now, I didn't know what a city council member was. I didn't know what a county commissioner was, uh, any of those things. I just knew that the mayor was the person that was on TV talking about what they were going to do and, and, and just making an impact. I remember one time in the grocery store, my mom, you know, made me go around to meet the guy. Um, <laughs> And this was uh, Atlanta's uh, first black mayor, which was Maynard Jackson. Um, and, uh, and then following him was Ambassador Andrew Young, who became mayor. So it was a wonderful set of examples and role models. So I wanted to be like those guys. And then so went into college and did SGA, like all good future politicians. <laughs> I was the president of my fraternity, Cap Alpha Psi. I was on all these committees and boards and working in diversity and, and then graduated college and started working in, um, you know, nonprofits, uh, volunteer work. I was the neighborhood vice president then president and this and that. So all these various things just led to me one day running for office because I kept serving and serving and growing in my 
um, commitment to the community. And then I just ran and I won. I, I beat an incumbent. He had been in office for 12 years. Wow. So, so it was the first time in a long time that the city of Atlanta had someone uh, unroot somebody, take them out of the office. And uh, I was blessed with that. And eight years later, here we are. Yes. So, right. I think that's a pattern around the country. There's been some races that people didn't expect the incumbent to be unseated, which to me is just a testament of the people wanting a change. So, yes. right. Back in the day, it used to be, to me, like a catch-22. You don't have the experience, but how are you going to get the experience and bring in fresh blood if you don't give people an opportunity? Right, right. You take experience to get experience. Somebody said, uh, how am I supposed to have ID so I can get ID? You know, right. <laughs> you know, you got to take ID to the driver's license place. It's like, wait a minute, how do I get ID to get ID? Uh, yeah, some stuff just makes no common sense. Right? So you either get the experience, um, you know, on the job or maybe, you know, like I did a lot of nonprofit work and community work. That's kind of how I got to that point. But mm -hmm. I had to take somebody out. They didn't want to go. <laughs> they were kicking and screaming. But like you said, here we are eight years later. And mm -hmm. most exciting, I'm sure, takes up the majority of your time is you're, you're, you kicked off your campaign now, what, two, three weeks ago? Two weeks ago. Mm -hmm. Two okay. weeks ago, I kicked off my campaign for mayor. So congratulations. I felt like I was there. I saw the footage of, the, it was like an outside kickoff yeah. party of double tapped. I was like, all right, I'm there too from Miami. Yeah, yeah. you double tapped. <laughs> yeah, so we, um, you know, because it's, it's, it's COVID, we want to do it outside. I mean, I'm vaccinated and most, a lot of people are, but we still wanted to be safe, um, you know, and cautious. So we did it outside at this big brewery that's uh, near a walking trail. And, uh, you know, some 300 people came out to see wow. me say, I'm about to do this uh, run for mayor. They were celebrating. They were grabbing my T-shirts, <laughs> my yard signs. All these things were like, I mean, I had, I, I had, you know, I had just declared just days before. So, I, you know, I had to quickly get all these flyers and these materials ready to be able to say, I'm running. And here, here's some information about me on right. paper Take to your friends. And folks are just grabbing this stuff. The enthusiasm and um, you know hype around it and excitement was just wonderful. It felt good to know that I, I at least got three hundred votes. <laughs> <laughs> you do have a strong initial uh, support, which I know is going to grow. Yeah. And I was thinking when I first read that Madam Mayor uh, Lance Bottom decided not to seek re-election, I personally was shocked and surprised. So I'm curious, what were your thoughts when you heard that news? And then I know you wanted to be mayor since 16, but you probably didn't think that it would happen in this order. Yeah, I was thinking, about, I was thinking that she was going to run for re-election. And, you know, most times they, you know, most mayors have always won re-election if they went after it. Um, she had just had a big fundraiser here uh, virtually by Biden. Biden, uh, Joe Biden did a fundraiser for the mayor maybe a month before she announced that she wasn't going to seek re-election. Uh, I think she got close to a half million dollars in one night uh, from across the nation. People were giving donations out on this Zoom call of, of some sorts. And it was like, hey, who's going to be able to beat this mayor with a war chest that she could just start off the gate one day, get a half million dollars and has the blessings of 
President Biden, which means that if times got tough, she could come back and get another half million in another, you know, few hours on the virtual call from her office or house. <laughs> so, right. you know, the rest of us got to go out here and ask people for five hundred dollars or a thousand dollars. And you got to do that times, you know, a thousand people. to get. <laughs> to right. She had one guy. Maybe mm-hmm. right. I could do that for her and one team. So anyway, I was pretty, you know, surprised when, you know, the night before murmuring started, you know, when she sent out this thing says press conference 10 a.m. tomorrow and her team members started leaking that she had an emergency meeting of her cabinet that night um, at 830 and some other members of her finance committee. And they were saying, yeah, we got called in for a meeting. We don't know what it's about, but um you know, we automatically about five o'clock when that news had hit that night, we were like, this is either real bad or real good. But the right. amount of people saying it, it must be bad that she's not going to run again. Mm-hmm. So then surely that night we knew she wasn't going to run. That the morning is going to be uh, an announcement. So right then and there, I said, I'm going to run. And here we are. Because when I watched that video, even though I'm a resident of South Florida and Miami, I even got teary eyed. I think that they put on a phenomenal, it was very emotional. I feel this connection to my soror all the way from from Florida. And, but we're excited about the future. Yes. So, all right, Andre, I want to talk about your platform and what vision you see for your city. The Mm -hmm. race is, I think, pretty crowded. Maybe even more people have joined. How many people are in the race right now? So it's four of us total, me plus three, and there's the potential that one or two others might get in. Okay. Because I was thinking six, so it's only four that have formally filed. Right. Only four have formally filed. Oh, well, that's okay. That's good. That's, yeah, I four. Think... I mean, there may be more. Okay. Yeah, maybe more coming. Right. So what is, what's the, the vision that you have for Atlanta and the legacy that you would like to leave should you be elected? Yeah. So what you're elected, my bad. Also elected. Yeah. <laughs> As mayor. <laughs> So as, as mayor, you know, my, my dream is to have an Atlanta that is well run and that works for everybody. Um, we definitely are like many cities. We have a tale of two cities. Uh, some people are thriving and others are just living to survive um, paycheck to paycheck or no paycheck at all. So there's a lot of economic boom coming into Atlanta. Uh, we're doing a fantastic job of attracting technology companies and new businesses, but there's still too many people that are left behind. So I want to make sure that we operate as a city at the top, you know, highest efficiency and effectiveness that we can so that everyone has a great quality of life, like cleaner streets, safer streets, um, more activities for people to do. But also that quality of life should not just be for those who are, you know, prospering uh, financially. We need to have uh, pathways to prosperity for even those individuals that are, you know, somewhat left behind right now economically. So um, we, uh, things that I've done in my private life, as well as as city council has led to people having better jobs, have given people careers and hope that they've never seen before. Once I'm mayor, I'll be able to do that across uh, even more people with a multiplier effect of the, the bully pulpit of mayor and the platform that I'll be given. I think you'll see an Atlanta that's more innovative. I'm in technology. Uh, I, I talk to technology leaders all day, each day. I know what they're looking for. And I know uh, I've talked to them about jobs and actually train people to go from survival to success in four or five months of training on IT platforms. And so that's what I want to see done across Atlanta 
training people to have a more uh, capable workforce so that people in the city can work uh, and have great jobs and be able to take care of their families and not need government assistance or support of any kind because they're they're on the pathway uh, just like everybody else. So uh, a city that's a model city, one that's just, you know, everybody can look at and say, wow, we want to be like Atlanta. Okay, right. I was just having a Zoom yesterday where I asked about bridging the wealth gap, like you touched upon. There's a huge, I think the gap is spreading between the haves and the have-nots. So despite everything else, it's all about sustainable economic development. So that seems to be a large part of your platform. I also know that you serve, I'm not sure if it's the chairman or just a member, one of your committee assignments is transportation. Yes. People always complain about the traffic in Atlanta. I was just up there two months ago, the maid of honor and one of my good friend's weddings. Mm. It was bad, but not too, too crazy. But can you talk about what your plans are for transit and transportation? Yeah, so Atlanta, definitely. I mean, if you ever hear anybody talk about Atlanta for decades now, transportation, our traffic has been some of the you know worst parts about our city is that we sit in traffic on our highways. <laughs> Part of the problem with that is, you know, Atlanta is only 500,000 people. It's about 10% of the land mass of the whole region. So each day, a million plus people are coming into our city on our highways. They're coming in from the suburbs and they just clog up the streets. They clog up the highways because they don't take rapid transit. They don't take our um, bus systems. They don't uh, carpool. There's one person sitting in a car, driving into work, taking an hour to get there. And so those of us that live in the city, mm -hmm. you know, I tend to take the streets. I don't take the highway that much because, you know, a lot of people in the suburbs are, 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 you know, clogging up the highway. And so I became the chairman of the transportation committee. And the thing that I created, which we did not have in the city of Atlanta, which is odd, is we did not have a department of transportation. I All read that, Andre, and I thought it was a typo. Oh, yeah, all these years of having a city, we did not have a department of transportation. There was nobody fundamentally and uniformly and formally professionally trained or installed to be the head of our department of transportation because we didn't have one. Mm -hmm. So we, I created the Department of Transportation. We got a new com a commissioner of transportation, um, and he's been on the job for a year, and the right. department has been st stood up for about a year and a half. So what's happening now is better coordination of what happens in our roads uh, from streets, uh, sidewalks to our um, everything to our you know public transit. Um, those things are now coordinated. Uh, once upon a time, I talked to a F, you know federal transit authority person about you know needs that we have in Atlanta. And he said, you know, one thing that is, is we up in DC are always upset when we get uh, applications from Atlanta, we'll get three applications. We'll get an application from your Department of Public Works saying, this is the most important transportation project in Atlanta. Then you get one from our planning department that says, this is the most important project in Atlanta. And then you get one from your uh, MARTA that says, this is the most important project. And so they're all sitting there saying, well, who's on first? Who, who really is the most important project in Atlanta? And mm -hmm. citizens feel that pain as well. When you got a problem, who do you call? Mm -hmm. Well, I coordinated that to say, now we have one head and they're setting the agenda and then they clean the streets, pave the streets, repair the uh, signals, um, plan out you know, transit patterns and transportation uh, nodes. And so we're gonna be better uh, for it. And of course, we still got potholes, but we filled 28,000 potholes. Think about this. We filled 
28,000 potholes in four years. I mean, that could be, yay, we, we got it done, but it also means that's how bad our roads were. Mm -hmm. to have to have 28,000 potholes filled. So um, that, that kind of situation is uh, not lost on me that we need to do better, but it's also not lost on me that we, we did a whole lot of work in a short amount of time since I've been, uh, you know, transportation chairman. Okay. Well, I think that's awesome. Transportation, transit, in order to be a world-class city, that has to be coordinated on the same page. So now, like you said, you're about a year and a half in with your director. Mm -hmm. And speaking of T's, your background is in technology. You went to Georgia Tech, extremely intelligent. You have all these entrepreneurial ventures. I know non-for-profit is one silo, but I want to talk tech space. Actually, here in Miami, I know it's like mixed opinions. We're trying to be Silicon Valley of the South, but tech is clearly really big, too, in Atlanta. So can you speak to your experience? on the private side and how you've been able to marry that and leverage it in your public position. Yeah, I'm, I'm excited to hear what's happening in Miami. Um, you guys are doing a lot um, recently, particularly uh, your mayor and others are being very receptive to uh, the, you know, the uh, technology community. And you just had a, uh, maybe about a month ago, this um, seminar and, and, and conference uh, on cryptocurrency and some other um, new, you know, um, cybersecurity and new high tech things. So I applaud y'all for that. Um, you guys, you know, are, are battling us for Silicon Valley of the South. We, we're, we're the Silicon Valley of the South right now. Atlanta is, but you know, Miami is special and uh, could, could, you know, give us a run for our money. Um, but we really think that Silicon Valley is the Atlanta of the West, you know, so we're. <laughs> All right. <I'm... laughs> so, you know, we, we toot our own horn when we need to. Um, Atlanta has uh, the most Fortune 500s and, uh, you know, we're number three for Fortune 500s in the United States. But a lot of people wouldn't, you know, probably identify us that way. Um, but we have a lot of. Uh, Fortune 500 companies here, and then we have a lot of the technical hubs for those companies. So AT&T's technology hub or Airbnb's technology hub, et cetera. So they, they bring their uh, resources to bear here. Um, I am, you know, an, a chemical engineer. So yeah, I do have a little bit of, a, um, you know, technology in my background, <laughs> but I also am the chief development officer for a company called TechBridge. And so TechBridge, um, I work daily with other tech leaders. And so, you know, I know the, the deal flow, the understanding of where we're trying to go as a community and technology and how, uh, how prosperous uh, we are when we have a booming tech, tech ecosystem and also venture capital and angel investors and, and things of that nature. I know a few of those and, uh, and are attracting more to come from California or from Houston, I mean, for uh, Dallas and Austin to come to Atlanta. Uh, to 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 shop for businesses that they want to you know invest in and and, and see them grow and so for me I'm I, I see it all happening and all I want to do is make sure that we have an opportunity for other members of the community to participate and to prosper and benefit from the technology um, you know the, t the technology career fields, the technology um, equity positions that are out there, and investments that they can make. I want to. I don't want you know a lot of people getting this opportunity and a lot of people not having this opportunity. I want it to be balanced. Okay, that's 
So trying to level that playing field, which is a challenge that's not going to be solved overnight, but okay. And so the election is what day, Andre? November 2nd. So just five months. So just five months away. Today is uh, June 3rd. So we're one day short of five months away. So, um, you know, anybody that's listening, vote for me. You can go to Andre4Atlanta.com or Andre4Atlanta on all social media platforms. Awesome. And that has the link for your fundraising. I I do a lot of uh, fundraising for politicians. So I know when you mention your signs and your shirts and other stuff, people don't realize how expensive this takes money to run. And you can go out. Voting clearly is important. I vote all the time, but you have to write that check. The maximum, the $1,000. Right, right, right. Please, everybody that's listening, donate to my campaign. Uh, It takes money to win a campaign. It takes money to become the mayor. Um, You have to be able to advertise yourself to the community via TV, radio. You got to buy shirts. You got to have, you know, uh, literature that comes in the mail. You got to call people on the phone. Uh, I have a significant number of volunteers signed up already in the first two weeks. We're we're just blowing it out of the water with community canvassing and going out to the various hot spots where people are each day. And they're like loving to be able to talk directly to me or to get a flyer. But all that stuff takes money. You got to, you got to, you know, yeah. I need your, I need your donations. Uh, $1,000, $500, $250, please, $100, whatever you can give. Uh, we are connected. I see Miami people coming up to Atlanta all the time. <laughs> Atlanta folks, we go down to, <laughs> I say. Yeah, I, I see them. I know this is a controversial subject, the bonnet conversation. Now, because <laughs> You know, and this is not all, but I was in the airport. I'm noticing where are these people, where are these people coming from? Which gate is this? So it's a win. You're right. It's a reciprocal welcoming. We welcome everyone from Atlanta. Right. Welcomes us with open arms. Andre is just trying to say, if you want to contribute to the betterment and advancement of his city, right? And aliens, vice versa, then you should help support the campaign and. Yes. Yeah. I mean, I'm a man, so I'm staying out of this bonnet conversation. But you know what I'm talking about. Oh, I have an opinion. (laughs) Oh, because I my opinion, I mean, I'm not shy. I think it's ridiculous. I've been thinking this my whole, I mean, come on. Right. We have to be, we have to present ourselves for any opportunity. I I, I was thinking about this one day, and it's going to get me in trouble, so. No, no. So, so. So someone flies into town, they, they're wearing, you know, whatever, you know, a bonnet, some house shoes and, you know, some slip, you know, slippers and pajama pants. And all they're thinking about is when I get to Atlanta, I'm going to go to my hotel or Airbnb. And then tonight we're going to have a fun time kicking it. So I'm going to get dolled up and pretty and go out there and meet people, meet people right. that I'm interested in, you know, and, you know, making a love connection or interested in making a business connection. But I'm right. going to deal with that once I get all dolled up. But the truth of the matter is when you're in an airport or airplane, you could meet somebody right there standing in line with you at the gate, standing in line with you to get food, going to and fro. When you're walking up and down the corridors of an airport, some handsome gentleman or beautiful woman will say, hey, you, 
how you doing? I want to talk to you. Or somebody will say, I want to do business with you based right. on how you present yourself. So you just took, you know, several hours and opportunities off the table when you walk through the grocery store, through the mall, through the airport without your best presentation. Um, that's the way I'm going to cast my conversation in that regard. Thank you. And I agree. And even if it, because you're right, the probability of meeting someone at the club or lounge or wherever you're going to is lower than when you're in an airport. Or, and for me, even if it wasn't about a love connection or a business opportunity, I feel better when I look better. And I just can't, I just, that's just, and I bought it great. But when you hit the door, check, take that off. Especially with the, with the spider eyelash. Like, what's the point? Like, you have the lashes done to the nines, but then the bonnet, I don't get it. Anyway. Stop talking about my people in Atlanta. I mean, they're in Miami, too. I love all of our people in both cities. Yeah, I, yeah Atlanta and Miami. They're, they're everywhere. I am unashamedly think, let's just anti-bonnet. But anywho. All right. Last portion. This is called the fire round. So I'm going to ask you a series of questions, and you have to spit out the first thing that comes to mind. All right. Let me shake it off and get my mind right. Oh, okay. What was the last thing that you ordered on Amazon? A doggy gate. (laughs) (laughs) What type of dog do you have? Oh, man, I'm about to lose votes. I got a little chihuahua. (laughs) And I needed a gate. So she doesn't go in this area or that area. So I ordered one of those gates uh, to keep her from going down the hall. <laughs> oh, is this your dog or your daughter's dog? Well, so this is a, I, I, once upon a time I was married for 17 plus years and uh, our dog gets uh, joint custody. Uh, oh, so my. <laughs> so my daughter and my dog, they both, we, she, they go back and forth every week, uh, but tend to, they, t- they tend to just leave the dog with me um, because she just enjoys my house. So, um, so anyway, yeah, the dog okay. is a, a shared, you know, co-parenting situation. She's a, part of the fa- she's a part of the family at this point. Yeah, she's definitely part of the family. She's got, a, she's got you know, part of the uh, family personality. She, she okay. knows what's going on. She's like, uh, he oh he just put on his shoes. That means we're about to go take a walk. Oh. <laughs> it's, it, it, it's, it's naturally intuitive. She's like, oh, he's walking over to the kitchen. He's about to, you know, give me a treat. You know? Okay. All right, Chihuahua. Good for you. I see a piano in the background. Do you play? Yeah, so I bought this home, this 1956 home, uh, and started renovating it. And uh, the woman that sold me the house, this, this older lady, she, um, community leader, stalwart, she had this piano and she, she moved back in with her daughter just because she got too old to keep up this house. Mm-hmm. I bought the house from her and she didn't want to take the piano uh, with her. It was too much work to move it. So I got a house with a piano. So I started... <laughs> virtual lessons because the uh, I bought the house like basically right before COVID and I started doing renovations. And so I've been taking virtual piano lessons. Now I stopped as of the last three weeks because I just can't keep up with it right. and, uh, and run a campaign. But yeah, it's a, uh, it's a baby grand. It's an older piano. It, it works well. Um, and I'm real big on uh, black businesses. So I found a black uh, piano tuner, a, a black piano trainer, and all my you know, repairs was uh, African-American plumber, electrician, painter, carpenter, landscapers, uh, you know, realtor, fin- uh, you know, loan officer, insurance officer. Um, this is in a historic uh, black owned community that came about 
during redlining when black folks couldn't buy anywhere else. So this home uh, was built by a black engineer and architect. And so I just kept the tradition going. I love the backstory. So yeah. councilman is walking the walk, not just talking the talk in terms of black economic investment and reinvestment. So, Absolutely. Okay. If you had a 100% chance of succeeding besides being elected mayor, what would you attempt to do? What would I attempt to do if I had a 100% chance of succeeding? I'd be a pilot. Nice. So a commercial pilot, what type? Uh, I just, a, a pilot with a plane. So that's my 100%, a private, my own private plane. So I'm going to be selfish with my answer. I'm not, I'm going to not just pick a who, a who I'm going to be, but I'm a, a who with what. I'm a private, I like it. I'm a pilot with a private plane that has unlimited gas. Oh, I'm there. I invited myself. <laughs> you come with me. Come on. Okay. You're going to have a good time. <laughs> I am there. Okay. And lastly, and you answered this, but just again, in case people want to find you online or contribute to your campaign and learn more about you, how can they find you? Yes, uh, please look me up. I'm at andreforatlanta.com. And then you can find me on Instagram, Facebook, Twitter, Andre for Atlanta. And uh, my name is Andre Dickens. And I'm running for mayor of the city of Atlanta. And um, when I get this win, I'm coming to Miami to hang out with you guys. Please come. We welcome you. We'll have a celebratory party in your honor in November. Florida, here I come. All right. Well, thank you so much. Councilman Dickens, Andre, the new piano player. I forgot to ask you too, since you visited 28 countries, I think your profile says, or six continents too. Uh -huh. What's the continent that you haven't gone to? Antarctica. So, okay. yeah. That's yeah, what yeah. I was thinking, but I was like, oh, that's way too cliche, but yeah, that's the one. Right, yeah. So I've been to Australia, Africa, you know, of course, South America, North America, Asia, Europe. Uh, I've been on all of those uh, continents and, you know, I just love, the, I just love traveling. It's amazing. So yeah, now since people are vaccinated, the world is opening back up. I'm sure you can also celebrate after Miami. You can fly anywhere from here too. Yes, 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 yes. Thanks so much again for your time. This was an awesome discussion. I wish you the very best. I'll continue to follow your campaign and yeah, let's keep in touch. All right, will do. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you guys so much for checking out today's episode of Brit Happens. If you like what you heard, please subscribe, rate, and review on iTunes, Spotify, TuneIn, or Google. You can also find me online at www.brithappens.com and on social media, Instagram or Facebook at Brittany Sharpton. See you next time.